All right. We have another special episode of the Grave Talk podcast with two of our favorite returning guests, Shauna and Alex. That's right. It's ladies night. Well, I'm here. So I guess that, oh man, that just does not work. Okay. Anyway, this movie we're going to talk about talks about ghosts. And one of the things that was posed to us is if you could haunt any mundane object as a ghost, what object would you haunt? Um, shit. Sorry. I haven't talked yet and I got all fucked up. Constant um, professionals. We're ready to go. I didn't even introduce myself. You didn't introduce. You don't need an introduction. You, okay. You're well, classic. Well, but she could, she could, her new name. She could be, she could reveal okay. her new name. Hello, Alex here, AKA Snake Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so if I were to choose any mundane everyday object to haunt, definitely going with a pizza. It's my favorite food. And according to the lore of this movie, cheese is really easy to haunt. And I have the opportunity to give someone some weird ass dreams. So I'm all in on pizza. You've always been all in on pizza, though. Why? Why? Why change it? Watch you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right. I think you need a tattoo that says all in on pizza. Now, is this any kind of special pizza or just pizza in general? Um, We're going thin crust, sausage and olive. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway. I was hoping for some kind of quattro formaggi so you could be like four cheeses, but okay. You know what? I'm going to extend myself a little. The cheese is just to get me in the door. The (laughs) olives and the sausage present a little bit of a haunting challenge, but I think I'm up to it. Shauna, what would be your inanimate object or your mundane object sorry huh well um i'm gonna stick with that monkey hanging from your ceiling fan pull chain because my I just, fan monkey the fan monkey okay um i feel like i could kick people as they walk by mm-hmm. um maybe some karate chops you've got magnet in your hands so you oh. could literally cling to metal objects as well well i could jump around also great opportunity for a classic haunting of turning the lights on and off oh yeah Ooh. And rattling a chain. Yes. Perfect. I am not a little insight to Garrett's house. Evidently, I have a fan monkey that hangs from my, my lamp, my fan lamp chain. And uh, now I'm going to be terrified of it. Excellent. I like to terrify <laughs> that people. That was the goal all along. Well, I went a little crazier with it because I figure what better object to haunt than a toilet? Oh. You can make it run. You can make it flush on its own. You can make it not flush at the most inopportune times. You're having a party. Someone just, just got to go. And then you're like... Boom! No flush for you, son. And they're like, oh my god, they get into panic, they got the sweats, they got that party shit, that they're just like, what do I do now? And then you gotta like politely go single out the host of the party, like, hey, do you guys have a plunger? You know, and then you gotta, and at that point, that's getting spread around, and you're getting those looks for the rest of the party. It's a wedding, you know, I mean, it's any opportunity. You can have the water fill right up to the edge, where they start freaking out. And didn't then even just think about just that. Just let it sit there. Yeah. Let it hang. As someone who recently had a brief toilet outage, um, yeah, it was terrible. I think that's a very inconvenient way to haunt people. And if that's if inconvenience is your goal, toilet is the way to go. Would you like to um, go deeper into how you're breaking toilets? Um, the <laughs> handle rusted off. So I guess the, you know, natural moisture that I produce just created such a humid environment. Not the toilet moisture. No. Not the bathroom moisture. The moisture you produce in particular. I'm a very moist person. Is your superpower rusting things? My superpower is um, being slippery enough that no one can grab me. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Superhero Talk. God, this is derailed. This is why we don't invite you guys back as a pair anymore. Anyway, let's get into today's movie. Welcome, all you croutons from si- wait creatures from cyberspace. Croutons, creatures, whatever. Um, welcome back to another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. Special guest, as we mentioned, Alex and Shauna. Welcome back, ladies. Greetings. Thanks for having me. All right. This week, we're going to talk about a little bit different movie. It's a, It would definitely kind of fall into somewhat of the horror category, but definitely more of a comedy. Uh, this is a discussion and a debate we've had quite extensively on the Grave Talk Podcast, but this movie is so great, we had to talk about it. This week, we're talking about the classic Extraordinary, which came out in 2019, I believe, right? Yes, correct. Yes. I believe it debuted at South by Southwest in 2019. Something like that. I know that uh, Shauna got us special passes to go see it at Fantastic Fest, and it was amazing. We had been looking forward to that one for quite a while, and we didn't think we were going to get to see it because it was a super limited release, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is the last movie I saw in theaters before the pandemic hit. Yeah, so it was the last... Oh, wow. Wow. Just to take a moment of silence for theaters. Unless you guys are going to go see Tenet in the theaters right now. I miss you, popcorn. I don't miss you that much. (laughs) Also, yeah, speaking of theaters and bad news, um, looks like Candyman got delayed because they want to release it in theaters as opposed to VOD, so they put it on indefinite hold until 2021. I'd rather see it in theaters, though. I'm I'm okay with it. I uh, recently VOD'd Bill and Ted... And I did miss seeing it in the theater. So I think it, it, was, it was delightful, but I think it would have been a little bit better in the theater. I think that would have been a really fun theater-going experience. There is something about the theater that you do lose in your, your home. But anyway, we're here to talk about Extraordinary, not delayed movies like Candyman. So. <laughs> so if a movie were ever made that was perfectly tailored to things that I love... It might be this movie. It takes place in a quaint village in Ireland. The main character is charming, down to earth, and like a little gross in the way that people who live by themselves are. Oh, she's 100% a normal person. I love it. I love that every character looks like a normal person you'd see on the street. It's funny, it's a little gross. And it's just really charming and wholesome considering how much satanic bullshit is in this movie. There's a lot of gross content in this, but... And there's a threesome in it, and we're still calling it wholesome. There's a wholesome threesome in we're this gonna movie. We're going to get to the threesome. That, okay. That's, that's specifically why I invited you ladies New here name. to talk about this. <laughs> the wholesome threesome. <laughs> Audience, just wait for it. It's happening, um, okay. Another podcast idea, <laughs> you guys? Oh, yes. it's a spinoff podcast. Oh, heck yeah. It's called Three Way. <laughs> wholesome threesome. Wholesome threesome. <laughs> Wholesome threesome. So yeah, as we said, we're talking about Extraordinary, the the movie with the threesome, the wholesome threesome. Um, This movie came out in 2019. It is filmed in Ireland. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not. I was confused by that. I was like, like, is this British? Is this English? Like, where where is it? And then it's like, oh yeah, no, they definitely mentioned Ireland multiple times in this movie. Um, But this one stars, oh, I'm going to butcher this. Maeve Higgins. Maeve Higgins as Rose Dooley. Barry Ward as Martin Martin. Will Forte as Christian Winter, Claudia O'Doherty as Claudia Winter, and then there's a couple other side characters we don't really need to go into right now, but those are the main characters that we've got for uh, this film. It was directed by Mike 
Ayern. Additional writing by Demian Fox and Maeve Higgins. So and Mike Ayern. So it looks like they all kind of like had some uh, some writing credit on that. This is definitely, as we mentioned, kind of a comedy, but it deals with uh, ghosts and the supernatural. It's more or less a story of someone finally coming to grips and getting out of a toxic relationship to the help of their friends. I maybe that's what I took. That's away part from. of it. <laughs> I think that's fair. Although I think that the the toxic aspect of that toxic relationship definitely redeems themselves by the end. It does. Oh, it does. Definitely. <sighs> love it. <laughs> this movie uh, started with something that I love seeing in movies is when five different companies or more have their logos in front of a film. Because that could either be really good or that could be really terrible. It's usually a huge red flag. Yeah. It was like, it was like such and such company, such and such company. Such and, I was like, oh, no. Here we go. And then it started and I was like, okay, we might be in for a treat. Because this movie starts with, um, like, it kind of starts as an old, like, 1980s-esque kind of like British TV, like not documentary, but you know those like educational shows that used to be like all the rage? Yeah, yeah. it looks very much like a BBC educational program from the 80s. It's just spot on. And what was that kind of goof thing that they did? Um, there was some... Look around you? Yes, look, look around, around you. Look around you. Just look around you. I, which I was unfamiliar with until we went and saw this. And at Draft House, they had some of that before the movie started. And I was like, what the hell is this nonsense? <laughs> and you both were just like, oh, no, you got it. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm in. So yeah, the movie starts with, I guess we'll just go ahead and get into the, the plot of this film at this point. The movie starts with five different companies. And then we get that um, documentary style kind of BBC educational video thing. And we're talking about uh, the supernatural, how ghosts are all around us. Things are haunted. You know, something as simple as, you know, a gravel moving, or a child's ball, or Just balls. look around you. But most hauntings are so small, they go unnoticed. For example, a pen, a pen lid, a gravel, a trapped sound, a child's ball, or balls, a wheeled bin. And then they do talk about how eating cheese can give you nightmares because cheese is very easy to haunt. Cheese is easy to haunt because of the natural bacteria in the cheese. Is that what they say? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. I missed the bacteria part. So basically what I want to do is haunt the bacteria so that I can haunt your dreams. So yeah. So after we get that, we, we cut to a scene where we have our main character, Rose, who is standing by the side of the road with her sister, Sailor. Sailor. Sailor, right? I'm not yeah, mispronouncing yeah. that. That's her nickname. Like, I th- okay. they they say some at some point in the movie, she's like, that's not my real name, and no, I'm not going to tell you what my real name is. Okay, so we never find out what that character's real name um, is. Well, at the end, the father does call her Fatty. <laughs> and Oh, I thought it was Fanny. Oh, was it Fanny or Fatty? Either one. Either I, one I, is I to the lie. IMDB. I'm on it. It, oh, it actually is listed as Sailor Dooley, so we don't even find out there. Wow. But yeah, so they're standing by the side of the road, and and this is our first introduction to Rose's background as kind of a medium, because we find out that she used to work with her dad, but she she feels responsible for his death, and I believe the term they come up with is dad slaughter. Yeah, well, she said, I'm sorry I murdered you, dad, and... Then it's like, well, is that what you really call, would it be called murder? Yeah, Sailor's like, would you really call it murder since he got like, you know, splattered by a truck? And she's like, 
I'm sorry I slaughtered you, Dad. I mean, it's just like that subtle, like, dry wit that just perpetrates throughout this entire film that's so good. The dialogue in this movie is so good. I mean, if you slapped this level of dialogue on the most boring plot of people just going about their day-to-day lives, it would probably still be a serviceable movie. I think it's also really important to watch what everyone's doing with their just hands throughout the entire movie. Because when I watched it again, I really, like, during the roadside, the initial roadside scene, she's, like, fidgeting with some flowers she puts down. So it it draws some attention to something you wouldn't normally kind of notice. And then there's a gag as soon as they leave where the trash truck pulls by and the guy jumps off the truck, picks up the flowers and just tosses them in the air into the trash just truck. Just hurls them right into the back of the truck. Seconds seconds after they get in the car like, and leave. The- they see them put the flowers down. Yeah, and they're just like, that's trash. Pick it up. And yep. I mean, it, it's obvious that it's for a memorial and they're just like, they just don't care. They, but yeah, yeah, this movie actually has a lot of really great subtle gags. Um, I have one written down that I'll talk about like a little bit later, but when she's in her happy, like kind of like crushing on uh, Martin moment where she um, just goes and helps the first time with the trash can goes and she takes her own trash out and then she like does the lid herself like it's talking to her and she doesn't say anything she just kind of like ha 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 and that's just like that like subtle like visual comedy is so well done in this i remember that scene very distinctly from this most recent watch i don't know if i caught it the first time i watched it but it was it's really cute and really subtle yeah and it well, makes a lot of sense in context of the scene too yeah and it kind of draws you into her being just kind of a real person because you know naturally sometimes we want to do things that remind us of something and it's you know so she's i see her playing with the trash can i'm like oh she's just thinking back to you know a few hours ago when they were hanging out Busting She's reliving that moment of she like, happiness. And, and the thing is, we get this um, from the, the onset. You know, we they get in the car and we realize that she has a driving instruction um, and driving instructor job. And she gives lessons. And then we cut to her at the end of the day going back to her house. She walks in her, her house. She takes off her pants without okay. taking off her shoes. Well, the first thing is we see that she she has like a little like picture frames for her dead cat and her dead dad. And then we pan up and there's a locked room with a padlock. I'm sorry. If I walk into anyone's house and there's a padlocked room, I'm like, cool, I'm out. I'll wait in the car. I do not want to know what's behind that door, and I do not need to know what's behind that door. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she immediately walks in the kitchen. And now I have a question. Is this what all ladies do when Absolutely. they're alone by themselves? Oh, yeah. Kick your pants off. Uh, yeah, to me, it's You usually... stand in the refrigerator. She's you're... at the refrigerator yes. kicking her pants off as she's pulling a, a lasagna out of the freezer. And she's pulling a lasagna out. She decides she wants an additional stack. She grabs herself a yogurt. And she's just sitting in her Spanx on the exercise ball in her kitchen, listening to her answering machine, eating yogurt. I can a thousand percent relate to that, except I don't have an answering machine. Yeah, no, it was. it's this really great moment. You get this kind of like... It's so quick, but you get a, a perfect insight to how her, her day-to-day life is. Very mundane, almost kind of lonely in a way, but she seems okay with it. It's almost like she's, she's struck a balance with where she is. Yeah, you never really get the impression that she's, you know, unhappy or lonely. Like, she's just going about her life. Like, this is just normal, and she she does seem fairly content. Yeah, um, she's not longing. Like, a lot of movies, they... And if you're a single woman... You're you're longing for something, and she's just so delightfully happy. Yeah, and I thought this was really efficient character building and very real character building because as a woman who lives by myself, uh, 
yeah, this felt this felt very real to me. <laughs> and this actually comes back in a a perfect you know 360 at the very end, the, the last line of the movie, which we'll get into um, later on. Um, it kind of loops back around to exactly what you're saying. You know, she she has this balance. She's happy with kind of where she is. But um, as she's listening to these messages, we hear her her answering machine is like, hi, this is Rose Dooley. You know, if you're calling about driving instructions, leave a message. If you're calling about that other thing, I don't do that anymore. So we get an idea. I haven't done that, that for years. Leave me alone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so we get this idea that like she's she's completely cut herself off from her um, her talent. I'm using air quotes. On well, a and podcast, at this point, you works. don't really know what her talent is. Like yeah, you, you obviously know that it has maybe something to do with ghosts because her father is the the guy talking about haunted cheese, but from those videos, from the videos, yeah, and you see that by the picture in her entryway and by the roadside, but you don't really know, and you hear the answering machine and it's people talking about objects that are acting erratically, so you're just kind of like, oh, what's going on? What's what is her talent? Yeah, there's an old woman who's like, I've called you multiple times. Get over here, you know. My wheelie bin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that scene. That's probably one of my favorite scenes from the whole movie. And I can't wait to talk about that. But yeah, so we get this idea that she's kind of like, you know, I don't do that anymore. She's doing her day-to-day life. And then um, we cut to the next scene, which is Martin Martin. Martin, which... Our introduction to the lovely Martin Martin, who looks an awful lot like Martin Freeman, but is a not. Bit, yeah, <laughs> I didn't see he's, that. He's got a little Martin Freeman in there. Is it just because he's got that kind of like kind of cute aloof thing going on, or is uh, it because I don't think visually he looks too much like him? It's something about when he does his care when he does the other characters. I think. Like, okay, I can see that then. But he's as delightfully quirky as she is. You see him kind of starting his day. And he goes into the bathroom, and there's something written on the frosty mirror. It's, it's you a, must pay. You must pay. On one side of the mirror. And then it closes, and it says, the car tax. Yes. <laughs> so he's, he's being haunted by his, his wife. Dead I don't wife. Always, yeah, I almost said ex-wife, but it's just dead wife, because they were definitely married at the time. Um, and Bonnie. You, yeah, Bonnie. Bonnie. Um, oh God, I love when he does Bonnie later on. But um, yes, you get the you get the um, the indications that he's being haunted by his dead wife, Bonnie, and she's very controlling. Like Absolutely. she won't let him have like a donut. She's like she puts his clothes out for him. Yeah, she picks the same ugly shirt over and over. And when he tries to not wear the shirt, she abuses she him. She pops him with a cabinet door. Yeah, the cabinet flies open, and hits he him gets in the a. Eye. Big Pretty black nasty guy. Shiner. Yeah. And then uh, so Martin comes out into the kitchen and he, he has a daughter, um, Sarah. And she's like, did mom do that to you? And he's like, oh, she's, she's just trying to help, you know. And he's like, no, dad, like, this is not OK. You've got to put a stop to this. And he's like, and then at this point, stuff starts going crazy in the house. The toast burns. The well, dogs- so the dog is running his butt on the ground. Yeah. It just it, the chaos starts kind of ensuing and the toast pops up. And it says the dog has worms. <laughs> yeah, and he's, and he's like, "See, she's just trying to help." So you get this idea that, like, even though she's gone, he's accepted this situation because he's still very dependent on her to kind of, at least in his mind, to help keep things going. And I don't know if that's just because, as a single father, he's afraid he can't do it on his own. Or well, what. you find out that he's actually been a single dad for a long seven years. Yeah, it's been she's been some gone time. for like seven years. Was it so really seven years? yeah, oh, I missed that. So. You know, his child is a teenager, you know. Yeah, she's definitely, and she's and a smart-ass teenager, she's a, too. She's a smarty pants. Yeah. She, she says, 
oh, fuck off, dad. And he's like, language? He's like, ah, fuck you. And it's just like, okay. And all then right. she goes outside because we find out that, that Martin appears to be a woodshop teacher slash woodworker because he's grading when that toast holder falls apart. Yeah. Um, and so their front yard is full of birdhouses and his daughter just pulls a pack of cigarettes out of a birdhouse and starts smoking. He's like, you're smoking now. <laughs> yeah, and she goes, yep. And then that's it. That's the end of the conversation. Um, but she threatens to move out if he doesn't do something about Bonnie. And he gives, she's he's given the, the card for the driving school. We can't go on like this. If you're too scared to do something, then I'm going to call someone. Who are you going to call? Rose Dooley, that psychic driving instructor or whatever. Those Dooleys? <laughs> that family is mad. You know her? No, but I used to see her father on the telly. Crazy fella, going around the place talking to ghosts. <laughs> right, crazy father talks to ghosts. Look at Sarah. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. Right, your your mom is the only thing stopping me from messing this all up. Dad. What if I do it wrong and you end up some sort of a homeless sex maniac sleeping on the streets, snorting hash? Jesus, Dad, if you're not going to call her or do something, I'm moving out. I can't imagine what that'd be like. To, to have to be a kid and still deal with that aspect of it. But um, it really hits Martin hard. I mean, this, I mean, I got to take a moment and give this guy credit. His acting in this, because later on he he does characters, which are the people that are possessing him. But even just when he's Martin, man, he does such a good job of conveying like this like sense of like sadness and like kind of lost, like he's not really, he feels like he doesn't know what to do. But man, he does such a good job of conveying that. I feel like, all of the actors in this movie are able to convey a lot with quite a bit of subtlety. It's it's a surprising amount of nuance for a comedy. Usually I don't like a lot of improvised chatter that is kind of re repetitive, but they do it in such a way that it is very endearing to all the characters. It's like they build when they do it, though. Like, yeah. even when there's, like, mundane, just kind of, like, conversation, you'll get, like, one or two sentences in that conversation that kind of build to the next level or kind of push the conversation into a different area that um, it kind of pushes the conversation into the next area where it leads the conversation but it does seem very like dry and just like normal, you know, normal mundane day to day, you know, stuff you'd talk about with whoever you're sitting in like the bus next to you on the way to work, which is always really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so from here, we uh, get our meet cute. I don't really like that term, but it feels very appropriate here because Martin has called Rose under the guise of getting a driving lesson. So she picks him up at his house and he has two toasted sandwiches and two juice boxes. And two mints. Because, because of there's the onions, onions on the, the toasty sandwiches. It's it's very endearing the way he comes prepared because he's just kind of like he's just a nice dude. He's just yeah. super like this just makes sense to be prepared and nice. But he's got these amazing like um, ladies glasses. I, I was thinking um Oh, Jackie, Jackie O. o. Yeah. They are very Jackie yeah. O. He's got these giant Jackie O. Nassus glasses on, which you say you say Elton John. I'm thinking Jackie O. Jackie O. Glasses. Jackie O. Glasses. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so he kind of gets in, and like he's he's using these glasses to cover the black eye. But yes, they have this uh, this interaction where. He starts driving, and she is so proud of herself. She's like, oh, just sometimes teaching so easy. And Not she's even... drinking a juice box. 
She is drinking, but not even picking up on the fact that maybe he already knows how to drive. She just thinks she's that good at it. Because Carolo parks like a pro. And, and she's like, I think you're about ready for your test. <laughs> and he's like, I passed my test 17 years ago. Yeah. And that's when we get the moment where he kind of. Well, he goes, sort of, I, I lied. And she goes, you wanted the juice box? <laughs> I, I love loved that joke. It was so cute. clueless everyone is in this. Like everyone's just so into how they are. It doesn't feel like anyone's playing a character. It just feels like everyone is themselves and interacting in a scene. Yeah, I don't I don't know. And I wonder if it's because like our, our main character, Rose, uh, Maeve Higgins doesn't really have much of an acting background. She's a stand-up comic. And so I wonder if she was just really playing herself here. And maybe that's why it felt so natural. Yeah, I felt like they weren't trying to go for the funny. I, I think that American comedies often want the big laughs. And this was not. This trying. is going for a sensible chuckle. Yes, yeah, a yeah, okay. British chuckle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to British Chuckles. Okay. Um, that's yeah, my no, new so name. You that, that's a horror movie I want to see. <laughs> British Chuckles. Oh, that is a great horror movie title. It could be anything. Oh, you, listeners, write in. Okay, that's going to be a thing. Listeners, write in and tell us what you think. The synopsis for British Chuckles. Mark and John, I hope you're listening because I want to hear your pitches. Mark and John, Pat and Penny, you guys get no credit for this. <laughs> when they find their bodies, we'll be sure to... Wait, I should not say that because if they actually find... If something happens to John or Mark when this comes we out... We are in trouble. I'm in trouble. Yeah, we're all, oh, we're all going down. Don't implicate me in this. <laughs> Martin at this point confesses that, you know, he kind of like lied to get her uh, in person and then tells her that he's been kind of been haunted by his wife. Yeah, and and at this point, she also finds out that he can hear Bonnie, which is very unusual. We find out about talents. Yes. She says, oh, you have a, that's a talent. You have a talent, And too. it's a really rare talent. It was her dad's talent. And it's what she's missing from being the ghost buster she was previously with her father. Oh, that's right, because she can't actually hear him, but she knows how to communicate right. with them. Yeah, yeah. She, can't hear she needs saying. a conduit for okay. the ghost. Yeah, no, and it's... <laughs> It's this really weird kind of like the way they play it out. But yeah, he's very like upset about having to admit this. He feels like, you know, like I sound crazy, but my daughter's like kind of like losing it. She's going to leave. And that kind of hits, you know, Rose in a spot of like, okay, it's he's not here to basically like just kind of like, you know, like, oh, I want to deal with this. But like you can tell he's desperate. And you can tell that he's maybe like cracked through her staunch facade of not using her talent anymore because that's how she she blames herself and her talent for her dad's death. And so you can tell that she's just like part of her wants to help, but she stands firm and she's like, no, I don't do that anymore. She kicks him out of the car. They're not even back at his house. Yeah. yeah, that always, I, I love that. I was like, you know, like maybe it's a small enough village or town where he can yeah. like walk back to his place. But even then I was like, man, that's got to suck. You know, I, I did. I spent a summer in Ireland in college and I was in a moderately sized town and I walked everywhere all summer. So I don't feel too bad for him. I bet he had a very pleasant stroll home. But he did leave the toasted sandwiches. He did. And then, to which she caresses it and holds it to her face. Well, because he said that she was very warm. Like, yeah, and it she's was, very it's like warm. The first, like, it seems like almost like she's so used to not interacting and connecting with people um, 
and we find out later that that's very accurate. But um, she holds the sandwich to her cheek, and she's like, "He said I was warm." And it's like this moment of like this, like kind of like, "Oh, you poor thing." That is so cute. It's like you want to feel like kind of like, "Oh," but you're also like, "Yeah, I get it." You hold that sandwich to your face, girl. It was very sweet. <laughs> this movie is so full of that. These sweet moments that are like juxtaposed against these like just disgusting or horrific things. You're just like, oh my God. And they just don't, they don't stop and go like, ah, see how, you know, like they never like give you a moment to breathe with it. They're always just kind of like, anyway, moving on. Yeah. And so from here we cut to her sitting in the salon chair at her, at Actually, her sister's salon, right? Before this, we cut to the documentary oh. about our man, Will Forte, yes, who yes. is how Christian Winter. The cosmic lady. La, 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 la. la. Cosmic woman, la, la, la. <laughs> that single will be out from Shauna and Alex next month. Um, it's also available on our karaoke CD, The Grave Talk Sings. Oh, right. it's, it's not very good. It's two tracks. It's Cosmic Woman and the Monster Man. <laughs> and then there's a mashup. So it's actually three tracks. <laughs> Cosmic Monster Mash Woman. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so we get this like kind of again in the the vein of this movie kind of cuts to these like documentary kind of like you know expose s TV shows uh, where we're learning about um, Christian Winter who was a one hit wonder from the eighties who moved to Ireland and bought he a castle to be with the simpler people. Yes, and then his girlfriend who is just a complete nightmare. This like, obnoxious Australian woman, Claudia. Yes, Claudia. She um, she's like because of the tax credits or the tax you know relief too. And I was like, oh boy. So she blows the like cover right off of it. And Will Forte is like, yes, that too. Like he, <laughs> in classic Will Forte. I mean, Will Forte is playing Will Forte in this, but it works so well in this this type of like comedy because his style just complements it so decently. He's so funny in this movie. Like he is. All the other characters play it, I don't want to say they play it pretty straight, but they play it pretty subtle for the most part. And he is just Not, out there. He yeah. is the one like just totally like chewing scenery, scenery chewing, yeah. just bombastic goofiness. And I'm glad that it's restricted to one character. Cause I think if, if, if more characters were trying to go this big, it would go way too goofy comedy and less, I don't know. It would lose the nuance that it has is. Yeah. And, but oh my goodness, he's just a, a absolute delight. Well, you find out that on top of, you know, being a music star, he is also a Satanist and his one hit wonder was the result of a pact he made with the devil. Yes. And he has decided to make another pact. And for yes. that, he needs, needs a virgin. Yes, and then we we cut to a room where you see a woman, uh, a a small girl, girl, floating in the air above a pentagram, and then we cut away. So yes, we we realize that he is. But it's very subtle. He's on the phone with his manager. He's talking about how he's going to get this done. So and that... his manager's obviously in on this as oh, well. Yeah, like, absolutely. I don't know if the manager was in on the Satan part of it. I think the manager was like, you owe money. And if you don't pay, he's like, I don't want my legs broken. I understand. And but I think like, he talked about getting the book from his manager. Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah, maybe his manager is like. I think his manager is in on the Satan scheme. But the uh, the wife wanders into the room with the sacrifice, and she's like, "Oi, you!" or something really obnoxious. Wake up! And he goes, she goes How'd to wake go, her. Oi, you! Oi, you! <laughs> she's very cockney now. And it apparently. turns out that if you are 
in a satanic spell that has you floating. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone wakes you up, you explode. Yeah, and this a- is one of the few gory scenes in the movie, and it's it's quick gore, but it's it's pretty gruesome because like she basically exploded in half like top to bottom so her spine is sticking out there's like blood and guts everywhere like he runs in the room he's like oh what have you done like he's like completely exasperated with her and she's like i just wanted to ask her a question this woman is a nightmare like she clearly just like well we already we just killed her why don't we just kill the bitch yeah we just turns out they have to wait for the blood moon which which is is a a day or two two days away yeah something like that and then uh but yeah as as you said alex as they're having this conversation we see this poor girl on the ground like split in two and she is i mean everything spilled out we see spine i mean and he is very fresh. He's like, oh, now I got to find another virgin. He's like, have you seen my my rod that basically you know points it's out like, virgin? There's an ornate phallus call, call, carved on the top. Like, oh, your willy stick? Yeah, she calls it the willy stick, and he's like, would you please respect my stuff? This is 700 years old. So anyway, at this point, he's got to go find a new virgin, and then then we cut back to this is the scene at the barbershop, shop mm-hmm. or salon or whatever you call ladies' hair places. A salon. Okay. All right. Learning so much today. Ladies hair places. Yeah. Ladies hair places. Yeah, it's the technical term. All right. I like to go scientific with it. Um, so uh, Sailor is doing some woman's hair and she's showing pictures of like a wedding or funeral or a something. Funeral. A funeral. You and think it might be a wedding because she's talking about the flower arrangements and, and the how clothing. beautiful she was. And yeah, you think it's a, I thought it was a wedding. And then it's all like. Then she a shows a picture funeral. of a casket and she goes, it's a, it was a beautiful funeral. <laughs> And so then this this woman notices that Rose is sitting in the chair next to her and Rose has um, a bunch of rollers in her hair. And the first thing she says is, hey, Rose, it looks like you've put on weight. And Rose goes, thank you. And she's like, are you pregnant out of wedlock like your sister? Yeah, <laughs> yeah because Sailor's like visibly pregnant. She's at this point. super pregnant. She's like ready to burst. Yeah. And so, so Sailor ushers this woman out the door and uh, we find out uh, that that Rose tells uh, Sarah or Sailor, excuse me. She's like, I think I met someone, and Sailor's like, Oh, like, did you go on a date? Anything? She's like, Well, he came to me for a driving lesson, and I kicked him out of my car. <laughs> yeah, the way she the way she talks about that is, you know, very very subtle. She just kind of like just, Oh, this happened today, and then Sailor's really excited for her, and that's when she's like, You know, we can't all be giddy like you, and she's like. Rose, is Giddy your way of saying sexually active? And I she's think like, so. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, um, so you basically find out that she she definitely like kind of thinks, you know, Martin's nice and cute. But she also points out that he came to her for um, supernatural talent expertise. And she's like, I can't do that. And that's when Sailor's kind of like, you got to kind of get over this. And then, boom, we cut away from the well, scene. Well, she suggests oh, that, yes. do she's, what I do, stalk him. him. Well, she says, she's, what did she say? Um, call him. She's like, I can't do that. She's like, well, then stalk him. She's like, oh, stalk him. I do it all the time. Yeah. Well, and then it cuts to her stalking him. And it's not like. Like five feet away from a she's, car. And with her big, done up hair, it's all Yeah, she's fresh from the from, salon. Fresh from the salon. He's walking down the street. And you see her trailing him in her car that has Rose's driving school i didn't even pick up on that on the top. but yes you're right she's in her driving school god damn it she gets she parks but to her credit martin is totally oblivious he is and he goes into a shop and she decides to follow him in and she uses a mop to cover her face and she disguises her voice in a very ridiculous way it makes sense now that you say that she was a stand-up comedian because her delivery of like that like i'm just looking like the way yeah. she delivers it is very like 
um, stand up comedy timed. But yeah, so Martin goes into the shop and you find out that's where his daughter works. And um, so he's talking to her. He's like, I met with her. She's not interested. I'm trying. And the daughter's like, okay, well, at least that's one step. Don't stop now. Like, don't, you know, give up. Don't stop the progress that you're trying to make to deal with this Bonnie situation. And she thinks that he should go talk to Rose again. Like he's, she's kind of, the daughter's kind of pushing for this. And Rose is hearing all of this and she's like, Oh, she wouldn't help. What a bitch. And like, you just see her expression from like, like off the side cameras, like, like, Oh man, she can't say anything. She can't react out loud. And Martin's like, be nice. She was nice. Bit weird. Maybe. And she's like, oh, lovely, but, but weird, nice, weird. <laughs> yeah. Nice, weird. And, um, so he leaves and um, Rose takes off to it at the same time. She goes, I'm sorry. I just remembered. I only I already have a mop. I already own a mop. Yeah. Which that's oh, I love that line. I already own a mop. It's so dumb. But just the way she says it at the same time outside of the shop, we see uh, Christian Winter who oh, is using his dick willy rod. stick, his willy stick, which in order to find a virgin, he has to say an incantation and drop the stick and then follow the stick where it drops, pick it up again, say the incantation again and follow this stick. Do you think so that's how making... it was really supposed to work or do you think it was just he just wasn't doing it right? Do you think it was supposed to actually like hold firm like a, like Gandalf's like Like a divining rod? Yeah, kind of like a, like a divining rod. I kind of feel like he was doing it right. Yeah, I feel like Satan doesn't make things easy. Okay. And so wow. he's he's had say, to get your shit together, man. He's had to go what about six feet at a time to uh, yeah the length of the stick. Yeah, and, yeah. He, and you see him in the middle of a, a soccer or football field for a our... football pitch. Oh, hell <gasps> with you. That's it. Cut a mic. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's like, and we got to get this great comedic scene where he's like doing this across a football field, and um, it's just foot by foot by foot by foot, and then he gets to the shop, and then he like. Goes in. She's like, can I help you? Well, He's first like, he runs into Rose. Yeah, the the, the oh, willy stick right. leads him to the shop. And in the window, he sees a teenage girl. So, Which the stick indicates is a virgin? Yeah, well, the stick, the stick points it him at the shop. Which is why I thought he was doing it purity. wrong. Because later on, what we find out. Well, there were two people at the shop. Oh, I, yeah. oh damn. That's good writing. Yeah, see? There's so layers. it was actually pointing at someone else, but he yeah. thought, oh, clever sons of bitches. And there is there is a really fun exchange between Christian Winter and Rose because she's like, oh, my God, Christian Winter. And then she notices his, his She stick. touches it. And she's like, she's like, will he, will he or won't he release he a new album? album? That's what we're all asking. And when they finish the conversation and she's walking away, she smells her hand. <laughs> she's like, oh. Is that what she was doing? Yes. I thought she was smelling her breath. She, like she thought she No, she breath. goes. <laughs> I just sniffed my fingers and made a face. Which good podcasting leads right now. to yeah. a whole different set of questions I have because she touched a wooden giant dildo stick and then smelled her hand. Well, and he it has been like plopping it and all over the town. Maybe that's how Claudia has been disrespecting his things. Oh my oh. god! Do you think Claudia has been fucking that stick? I hope that so. wizard wand. Mm. She Ooh. knew where it was. You shall not pass. Mm. Gandalf, <laughs> take us home. Um, <laughs> So, okay, well, that's, again, back to just the subtle, subtle visual comedy that, like, happens in the background when you least expect it in this film. But, um, yeah, so they have that whole weird, awkward moment. He goes inside, and then he clearly puts the whammy on... Um, he steals her scrunchie. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. He, he steals, steals the daughter's scrunchie. And that's a running gag, which yes. I loved. He keeps stealing scrunchies from women to put incantations on Who knew on that them. a movie in 2019 would hinge on scrunchies? <laughs> 
I'm and he not. uses the scrunchie to cast a spell that makes her float. Yes. So he, the, the scene cuts to, you know, Rose going home and realizing like, okay, maybe I should help Martin. She kind of has this like, you know, come to like, I got to be who I am. I got to help this guy. He's nice. He likes me. Okay, I'll give it a shot. At the same time, it's it's intercut between Christian back at his castle doing an incantation, a satanic incantation. Incantation. Jeez, I can speak. Um, and it starts making Sarah levitate. Like she is now fully like exorcist possessed floating above her bed. And so before Rose can contact Martin, he calls her in a panic and you don't hear, I don't, you don't hear his end of the conversation. She's just like, Oh my God, I'm on my way. She opens the locked door. She gets some videos. She packs a bag, grabs a TV with a VCR built in. Cause she grabs her dad's tapes. Yep. And heads over to Martin Martin's house. And that actually, this is a great moment, too, because um, did you notice when she shows up at Martin's house, the shot is framed exactly the same way as the Exorcist Exorcist poster? Yes, the the Exorcist keeps popping up. And as they, she comes in and um, wants to show him the tape and he takes her upstairs and while he's, is this the donut scene or is this later? No, the donut scene's later. Later, okay. later, yeah. She, well, she, she walks sees, in. Yeah, she walks in and she sees the daughter floating. And she's like, she's oh like, my God. She drops floating. the TV. Yeah. She's like, holy shit, she's floating. And he's like, that's what I was talking about. But Which which is weird because I, I thought he said that on the phone. But I guess when you say we didn't hear his conversation, it just seems like that's something you'd like lead with when you call someone. And, well, you know, you never know. Maybe he did say that and she's just like, okay, well, let's see what's really happening here. Okay. Well, so she makes this, but she does a spell and she puts a, like an herb wreath on the on her head so that she doesn't like float out of the house yeah a holding spell to keep her still and then she asks for additional basil and tabasco and tabasco and he's like what's that for and she goes well i also brought a frozen pizza and i thought Um, you could pimp it a little (laughs) i love some of the terminology like pimping a pizza i'm like that's what i'm gonna start calling it from here on out i'm not gonna make any pizzas i'm gonna pimp out a pizza pimp a pizza but you know what a frozen pizza with some fresh basil and tabasco sounds great i'd love it welcome back to pizza talk again i'm gonna haunt the shit out of that pizza (laughs) it cuts to them in the kitchen eating the pizza yep watching the video watching the video and this is where we kind of i love this video because it's a video on um holding spells and it's like about a goat and it's like her floating dad. goat a gloating yeah. gloating <laughs> yeah her dad is describing as like this is what happens when blah 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 and then he's seeing he's like oh my god it's real martin's like this really happens well it turns out that the sacrifice the whole point is that satan comes or a demon comes and fucks the sacrifice and so martin martin's like but a goat or she goes well, some demons are into that oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's demons what are you gonna do but yeah, so, and then they wake the goat up and the goat explodes. And then Martin freaks out. He's like, oh my God, no, like we have to stop this because he's afraid his daughter's going to like be woken up and explode everywhere. And he loses it. And so at this point, this is where she's like, okay, there's a way we can break this. We have to get ectoplasm from seven different ghosts and do this whole little. Rub it on her. Yeah. yeah. You know, which I don't know. Seems a lot of work. And what I think is really funny is when she's describing this whole process, um, he's like, well, like, how do, how do you get the ectoplasm? She's like, well, basically, you're going to act as a conduit and allow this ghost to possess you so I can talk to it and, you know, help it move on. The ectoplasm is what is the leavings when the ghost moves on. Yeah. And he's like, well, where do, like, where does the ectoplasm come from? And she's like, 
oh, don't, don't worry about that. Yeah, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. And um, so at this point, he's like, well, where do we find a ghost? And then she mentions, well, what do you mean? There's literally a ghost right in here. And Martin gets really indignant. Like, I'm not going to, you know, excise my, my dead wife. Yada, yada, yada. You can tell he's still like weirdly stuck on this and just can't quite move on from it. And she's like, well, I might know someone else then. And that's when we basically go visit the old lady. Take who it to the answering earlier. machine. Yep. Yeah. And uh, they go to this old woman's house. This oh, crotchety old woman. Well, so they just they need to drive there. And so they put the teenager in the back of her car. They, they float, float her, her out there. Which I thought was done really well. The, it the, was. The visual effects on the, the daughter floating was really cool. Well, and like, it's such a non-thing. Like, they, they put her in the back of the car, and you see her feet in between their heads when they're driving, yeah. but they just never reference it. So it's so funny. There's never funny. even a scene of them, like, taking her down the stairs. Like, they're yeah. just like, this is happening. Like, that's the thing about this movie is, like, everything just happens as if it's fine. Let's get on with this. And Rose drives the, drives this teeny well, little beater hatchback. And, and Christian Winters is wondering why his virgin hasn't floated to the castle. So he goes to the house and sees them put her in the car. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it must be some kind of holding spell. Yeah, at this point, he understands that Rose might be a medium of some kind. A and witch. Some local form of the dark arts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And his girlfriend, Christian's uh, uh, girlfriend's in the car, is like, this is stupid, blah, blah, blah. She's just being a nightmare, as usual. I mean, and she does such a great job of it, too. We say she's being a nightmare, but she's the acting job she's doing is, is perfect. She's perfectly obnoxious. <laughs> yes. And so she, you realize that she's very upset with Christian. If he doesn't get his shit together, she's out, too. I don't know if Christian really cares so much about that because he doesn't really seem to like, he's more interested about making a hit and coming back than he is about. I think we'll find out later that he's not particularly invested in this relationship. That's one way to get out of it too. We'll talk about that. Um, but <laughs> don't give that look. This is I'm fearful, out. you guys. Yeah, this is getting edited out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we find out that Christian is, is tailing them as they go to this old woman's um, house and they meet her and she's like, She's like, oh, you called? And she's like, yeah, there's a problem with my Benz, blah, 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 blah. And she's just got the the accent and the attitude. And she's like, I think it's me dead husband. Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, well, let me check. And then she walks over to the trash can. And the trash can starts like, like thrashing. Thrashing and mouthing. It's like, rah, 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 like yelling. And then she's like, Rose runs off. It's like, oh my God, it's real. Like, you know, she's just not fully comfortable doing this stuff again. And then Martin goes, hold on just a minute, runs after her and is like, are you going to be okay? She's like, this is my favorite part of the movie because I love this because this is not how you deal with people with a panic attack. But like, he's like, she's like, I'm freaking out. I'm having a panic attack. And he's like, I have it written down. He goes, um, I'm just going to try something. <laughs> hey, you need to get your shit together, woman. What? Did you actually just put on a cool voice and call me woman? Yes. Yes, I did. And I, and I said shit too. I am so oh. sorry. I, I, I was just trying to stop you from freaking out. Are you still freaking out? No. Okay, come on. Come on! Excuse us, Janet. We just had some technical difficulties, but they're all sorted now. And then they walk back over to the old woman. She's like, I think it's your husband. And you come to find out the husband's haunting it because he's mad that she won't use the proper recycling bin. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what's tying him to this mortal coil. Yes, and so she's like... Oh, it is my husband. I thought I got rid of him. Ah, and you could tell she's just like old and pissed. And she's like, just oh, I thought I was done with him. 
And uh, at this point, she's like, I'll take that tea. So the wife goes inside because um, the husband then possesses Martin's body. And this is the first time we get to see a ghost possess Martin. And so he and Rose are like holding hands facing each other as she does her little uh, spell to bring the ghost into Martin's body. And I think this is a really fun scene because the camera is just circling around the two of them and you can sort of see the transformation in Martin, but it's not a physical transformation at all. It's just a mannerism. Yeah, uh, he, he does an impression almost of the the ghosts that inhabit their and bodies. And it's really good. I mean, I feel like you get a strong sense of this character just from like you know, this actor's basically imitation of him. And that, I think that's one of the really strongest points of this movie is, um, as we'll, as we'll see, uh, later in the plot, more, more ghosts get to inhabit Martin. And the actor just does a great job of pivoting on a dime between characters. Yeah. Was he a stand-up comedy or was he just an actor or do we know anything about his background? I don't know. I read up a little less on him. I can't remember um, I think he does have more acting background than than uh, Maeve Higgins does, though. I did read one interesting thing, which was kind of funny, that um, Maeve Higgins and um, uh, shit, one of the other characters actually don't know how to drive. What? Um, yeah, so Will Forte and uh, Martin are the only two actors out of the four that know how to drive. The other two have never like learned how to drive. The The girlfriend and Maeve. Oh, that's so, really which funny. is really funny in real life. And they didn't know how to drive, but they do the most driving in the exactly, movie. Exactly. Oh, that's exactly. great. Um, but yeah, so so to your point, at this point, he's inhabited by the the dead husband who turns around to Rose and is like, "Oh, aren't you a pretty little thing?" And she's like, "Oh, you old fucking bastard! You know you've been dead for like you know." And she's like, "Already?" She's like, "She's three times younger than your age." And then she's like, "Okay, go inside. We'll take care of this." She has a conversation with uh, the dead husband, who's like, "Look." I put the trash can in the right bin. You don't have to be here anymore. We'll make sure she does it right. And he's like, okay, thanks. And then leaves. Like, that's it. That's the only reason he was there is because she wouldn't recycle properly. And now we get to see where the ectoplasm comes from. Yes. And we saw that this was in the trailer. This was a big part of the trailer. But um, Martin immediately starts gagging and like not puking so much, but like gurgling out this like slimy greasy ectoplasm into a jar that rose has and she's just so happy and smiling holding it under his mouth and he is miserable and we get the classic line why does this need to be so needlessly gross yeah (laughs) and it is needlessly gross i mean like not to get too blue with it but it looks like he has a giant mouthful of cum and it's it's a little icky yeah I guess I'll have to yield to the ladies of the group on what that's like. Hey, oh, get at me, listeners. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> um, but they have their they have their first jar of ectoplasm, their first of seven to complete this uh, ritual to free Sarah. So it's been a successful mission, if you will. Yes. And then they go back home, and he drops off. Uh, she drops off Martin. And Martin's like, okay, cool. Well, we'll keep doing this and we'll get it taken care of. And he gets out of the car and starts walking to the house. And then he runs back to the door and knocks on the window. And she's like, you couldn't stay away, could you? He's like, I forgot my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Open the hatch. And so he gets his daughter and goes out. And this is that scene that we were talking about where, where the next day she seems happy. She's crushing on him. She's, she's driving down the street. She's like, hi, hello. She's like, hi, little old ghost lady. And the lady's like, hello. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. sorry. I thought you, you were, were dead. dead. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, goodness. And like, 
But then that's when she has a trash can where she makes a trash can talk to herself because she's just reliving, as you guys said, that like that happy moment. Yeah, she's just just happy and glowy. And yeah, she's she's crushing. It's really cute. I don't know. It's it's very adorable. It is very it is very nice how this movie takes a moment to to give the characters a moment to to progress, not just with their, their the story and what they're going through, but like actually as like characters, their emotional states and stuff like that, which you know, goes a long way because when they do hit a point of um, conflict or you know a limitation in their growth, you know it becomes even more intense because you're like oh shit you know like we thought she was doing well and now she's back to because i think later that day is that when um she has the flashback to her dad or something like that well she decides when she goes home to watch more of her dad's videos and she watches one where he talks about how much he trusts his partner and how she never makes a mistake and how she never makes a mistake and it then we get kind of the full flashback of her mistake and she decides she doesn't she can't do well, we don't this. get the flashback yet oh that's yeah. actually when she explains it to martin but yes right this is where we find out that he's like we, we cut to her in the video as a young girl and we find out that she's the partner she's the assistant and then in the video he's like but it's very important you don't mess this up and that's why i have to have such a perfect partner because if you do you could die or you could end up existing in the void of nowhere and it's like that freaks her out she because that's what happened to her dad yeah and And, then and then there's an additional like so a nail in the coffin of her not really wanting to help anymore when she gets the call from christian winter because he wants driving lessons Well, she goes back to her happy place which is on her exercise ball in her kitchen eating yogurt in her underoos yep and she keeps getting these calls from Martin Martin. And as he calls her, you see him in his kitchen. And at one point, he's like whittling a bear or some, some kind of statue. It's like a giant wooden dog. I was like, what And the then hell? he's making a bowl. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of, they both hit this happy place almost. This like, they're, they're both moving forward as people and growing. And he's continuing with it. He's excited he's going to help his daughter. Oh, he's, he's nuts- washing jars. He has a little container and he oh, washes yeah. he six little jars. jars. the jars in advance. That was, oh man, that got me. Actually, that was that such moment, a single dad thing. It just, it felt like he was so, so paternal. Prepping and just like, like okay, I'm going to be ready. And it was like, I don't know, that moment really got to me just as like a viewer. I was just like, oh, I really like this guy. Oh, he even he you see two juice boxes and he takes two mints out and he puts one on each juice box. <laughs> like he's ready to go. He's he's very much into this new I don't want to call it a relationship, but this partnership that's that's formed out of necessity here, but he's very much into it and kind of her to a degree. And on the other end of this like intercut with it is her in this complete moment of self-doubt and yeah she's kind again. of she's regressed a little bit and, and as we learned earlier when the the ben scene was going on with the old woman christian's watching this and he was like well i've got to put a stop to this i believe i'll call her for driving lessons ha 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 and um i'll find out more about her and so as this is going on she does get a call from christian who's like i want driving lessons as she's ignoring martin's call and that's when we cut to the scene with yeah, so she she goes out to his place and and picks him up, and this is just a really Christian, she picks Christian up. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a really funny scene because we quickly learn that 
he is just a, a lost cause when well, learning. We quickly to drive. learned that Will Forte is a master of comedy, is what we learn here. The sight gag of him taking off one pair of gloves slowly, finger by finger, slowly because he's nervous. So it's like conveying that he doesn't even want to be doing this. And then he puts on a pair of driving gloves, just as slowly. Just it has to slowly. be like a minute and a half it's to two minutes of scene. It's such a long scene, and it's so funny. And Rose's face watching it is just phenomenal. She's trying to be so positive and smile like, okay, uh, all right, this is what we have to do. And, you know, she doesn't even say it. Well, he's wearing look. so many scarves and a coat, it's, and it's just... It's so many, it's like scarves on scarves on scarves. And then, then we learn his his level of competence, his, like, baseline level of driving when she says to... Uh, push down the clutch and he reaches down with one hand and she's like, oh, with, with your foot. I'm sorry. I should have said that with your foot. <laughs> yes. He does try to reach down and push the clutch with his hand. But uh, yeah, he, he is a lost cause. With he driving. has his legs crossed. And so when she tells him to use his right or left foot, his legs are crossed. And so he keeps hitting the gas. And so eventually he... Kind of hits a, the gas, has, hits the clutch, the car does a big jerk, and he whacks his face on the steering wheel. And, and his nose is bleeding at this point. And he just kind of like, that's it for me. Like, I'd like to go home now. And they haven't left his home. They're still in his driveway. Like, They are two feet from his door. Yeah, the, the car has probably moved a total of eight inches, and that was the big jerk that he whacked his face. Oh, God, it's so well done. And and the thing is, is like he doesn't play it like, this is my plan, I'm going to be inept. He is just literally that inept at driving. And... He just he gets politely scared fed up where he's like, I want to go home now. But he does manage to snag her scrunchie. Well, she has a little another little breakdown. It's like, I can't even teach you how to drive. Yeah. And so he kind of puts the nail in the coffin of her confidence because they have like a little discussion. He's like, oh, is there like another another thing? And then this they don't really he tells her that she needs to go he 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 does tell her that she needs to follow her talents and do what she feels she's good at and he kind of reaches over and he takes he pulls her scrunchie out of her hair and he's like there doesn't that feel better she's like uh yeah. By the way, that never works in real life. Oh, All don't right? touch a woman's scrunchie. As someone who's tried to pull multiple scrunchies from ladies' hairs and take them and do incantations on them, this never works out in your favor. Oh, no. It'll get you slapped. <laughs> if, if, if that, I mean, restraining orders, you name it. I mean, Indeed. I can't, I can't count on one hand how many scrunchie-related straining orders I have. Wait, let me say it again because I said straining orders. Straining orders. I can't count on one hand how many scrunchie-related restraining orders I have. Okay, thanks, guys. That joke fell for me. Is he done? Say it two more times. It's the funny. The fourth comedy. time. All right, here we go. Well, and then he gives her a mixtape of his new a work. sneak peek of his of his new material in lieu of payment, of course. In lieu of payment, of course. Did we actually get to hear at any point what that music sounded like? No. Okay. The only we hear a few snippets of him like singing at his house when he well well when he thinks that the the thing may have worked yes, and he like plays a, a couple of bars and he and tries to sing and he goes that, oh no that didn't work yeah before that you're talking about he's go, he's going ole 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 Satan Satan, Satan. Satan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we just added another track to our All karaoke right, album you guys four. this album slowly coming together. And it's so funny because, yeah, he's just like whistling the Olay part. And then he's like, Satan, Satan. Yeah. 
love it. Um, yeah, this is going to be a good album. I like it. Yeah. We call it Scars on Scarves. Like blonde on blonde. Oh. But more satanic. Nice. <laughs> Free scarf. Uh, a free scarf with every purchase. It's wrapped in a scarf. <gasps> yeah. Ooh. All right. It's just like a Max L tape wrapped in a scarf. It's Betamax, baby. <laughs> um, so at this point, we now, she she comes to the realization of like, okay, maybe she does have to like lean into her talents based off what, um, you know, Christian said. So she goes over to Martin's house. And this is where she kind of has her breakdown moment of like, this is why I couldn't do it. This is why I freaked out. I'm so sorry. And then she... She tells the story of her dad's death, and we actually see this play out. This shit cracked me up. It's so funny. So we flash back to her, her as a child working with her dad, and at the let's let's point out at the at same the spot where the um, the memorial, the memorial is. yeah, where the, the roadside memorial is. And so this woman has lost her dog in this uh, little whirlpool haunted pothole. haunted whirlpool. Yes, and so. Um, her dad has to be possessed by both the spirit of the dog and the pothole um, in order to allow these spirits to move on to the other side as they're in the middle of this ritual. So he's he's barking, he's spinning because yeah, he's, he's both possessed. the dog and the yeah. pothole. And I didn't pick up the spinning part. Oh, God, it makes sense now. And so she she loses her place in her in her spell, and her dad just starts spinning and spinning into the middle of the road. And she They're can't all standing the in the middle of the road. And then her dad, as he's spinning, possessed by this pothole spirit, just gets creamed by a Mack truck. Well, it's the lorry. It's the trash the truck lorry. from the, the beginning. Truck. Yeah. Which is even funnier because like all these little subtle things do come full circle throughout this entire film. It's just so. Which is even more disturbing, though, because if it's just the same driver who smashed that dude and then he oh. picks up the flowers at the beginning, you're just like, that dude don't give a shit. He's like, should have been in the road. Like, But yeah, you find out that the dad just got creamed and killed by the, um, the, the truck, the dump truck. Well, and then that's when you see the magpie. Yes, there's a, there's a reoccurring uh, magpie, which is a bird for all of our dumb listeners like me who didn't <laughs> pick that up the first time they said it in the movie. Uh, I was like, what the fuck is a magpie? And they're like, oh, they must be talking about that bird. Yeah, not one of my finest moments. But um, yes, and you find out that um, that bird has been around when that happened. And he kind of reoccurs throughout the film. Yeah, you see him occasionally. Then what happens is we cut to, that's when we see Christian kind of getting really excited that everything's working. He does the incantation on, um, uh, damn it, I just forgot her name. Rose. Rose is Well, this scrunchy. happens a little later because they go out and because he doesn't put this spell on her Not until. Yet. It's the. Well, so this is the donut scene, though. Um, Martin Martin wants to eat a donut. He's standing in his kitchen. As, as she's explaining. As she's the, explaining. The death of, yeah. And uh, so he goes to take a bite out of it. And Bonnie doesn't want him to eat the donut, so she slaps it across the room. Into the trash. Into the trash. Which is a good shot, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She should have been a hockey player. Slap shot. <laughs> so, yeah. And she slap shots that donut right into the trash can. And this is when we kind of, like, get intercut the scenes of uh, Christian doing his little incantation on Rose's scrunchie. And he's doing the Ole 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 Satan song, which... 
I was like, isn't that a soccer song? Don't they say it like, like soccer games? Yeah, it's a, like, like a soccer chant. Yeah, and so I thought that was like really funny because how dumbly simple it was. And I was like, you're a goddamn songwriter, man. Like, come on, do something better than that. But I guess it goes to play that he's not a very good songwriter. No, he's a terrible songwriter. It's only when he has a pack can he actually write a decent song. And I'm just going to say it. I didn't think Cosmic Woman was that good. I didn't oh, know. Them's fighting words. John, in honor of you, that song does not slap, sir. So... <laughs> That we'll get, we'll get his follow-up. We'll find out if John thought that song slapped. So, As a, the kids say. It's a what? It's a bop. A kid's bop? No, no, no just, just a, a regular bop. bop. That's just what a kids say. Bop. Oh, I'm so out of it. I don't keep up with what hip kids say anymore. That was, hello, filled, fellow children. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing you'll never hear me say. <laughs> um, yeah, so we get, we get intercut between that. And then we cut back to... Um, Rose is like, okay, look, she's accepted it. Martin's like, hey, doesn't say get over it, but more just kind of like, you've got to do what you're good at doing. You can't live. And this is the moment he, when he, he gives this speech to Rose, he kind of also is saying it for himself. He kind of realizes like, I might need to kind of address this Bonnie situation as well. And that's when they're going to go out and get the rest of the ectoplasms. And we get this awesome... Um, montage. Yeah, let's call it a montage. This cracked me up because... They go to all these different locations where ghosts are to get the ectoplasm. And the first one they show up at is this, this um, I want to say, middle-aged woman, young this, woman. This I, I would say she's probably like early mid-20s. She's just a homely early mid-20s. Yeah. And she has this weird stain on the wall. And she's like, I know it's my grandmother. And, and Martin's like, I think... It might be Satan, or, it looks or like no Hitler. Hitler. Yeah, it looks like um, Hitler. And then she goes, and then um, no, I don't know why I said Satan, Hitler, or and then I mean, you know, one of the same yeah. at this point. And she goes, Grammy did like Hitler. <laughs> yes, and I was like, oh my god. And then like they they name a couple. She's like uh, Rosa. It kind of looks like the Hamburglar. And then yeah. she's like, no, it's definitely my Grammy. And she's like, well, is that Rose? Is like, is there is there any anything that you know your any message your grandmother would want to give you? Anything she might be annoyed about? And she's like. Yeah, there was a sponsored walk, and I raised a bunch of money, but there is no walk, and I think she's trying me to tell, <laughs> trying to tell me to mend my crooked ways. Yes, and then immediately cut to Martin puking up uh, ectoplasm into the jar. But in the background, the woman is eating a bowl of cereal, and everyone's just smiling, like, "Hey, all right." The running theme through all these ectoplasm things is everyone keeps eating while Martin is puking up this ectoplasm yeah, into a jar. Yeah, like they exercise uh, like a deep fryer at a fat a fast food place, and like Rose is eating fries while he's puking up ectoplasm. Yeah, and then there's also the uh, the one where they go to this old man who's got a, a deer head on the wall, and he's like, "It's really bothering me." It keeps crying, and she's like, "This is Seven Up." He's like, "My wife loves Seven Up." <laughs> And so, like, they're drinking, they're, they're cheersing and having a glass of 7-Up as Martin's puking up ectoplasm in a jar. And then they go to um, this one guy who's all like, it was a bloody werewolf, it was. It was a red gingered werewolf. And they're like, could it have been a fox? And he's like, yeah, it definitely could have well, been a fox. Well, they go through, Martin goes through this whole thing. Well, what if you were a ginger and then you became a re- werewolf? You'd be a ginger werewolf, wouldn't you? And she goes, or maybe it was just a fox. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, you know, Mr. So-and-so was a fox. He's like, I was a fox. <laughs> <laughs> and they just leave. She's like, all right, thanks. And he's like, I'll call you again. And it's just like, oh, it's just a great moment of like, they have like, okay, this is not real. And um, so they get all the ectoplasm except for one. And then they're in the Time car. Time is running out. Yes. The blood moon is kind of, you know, is it kind of a, um, 
It's, it's an, an eclipse. eclipse. Yeah. yeah. Blood moon eclipse. Tonight's the night, and Ooh. it is night. A ticking clock, if you will. Indeed. And so he's like, all right, I know one more place to get one. They go to Bonnie's grave, and that's where Martin explains how his wife died. Um, a cuckoo clock fell on her head. A cuckoo clock that he built. Okay, yes. That once per day at the time of their nuptials, a little wooden Martin Martin and a little wooden Bonnie come out and they kiss. But the little Bonnie has has a a tiny little cigarette in her mouth. Oh, my God. God, That was was the best touch. And the moment he comes out and kisses, it it flips upside down and falls and hits her in the head with the the, the sharp point of the the house. And And we don't see Bonnie. She's hidden behind a newspaper the whole time. So we still don't know what Bonnie looks like, except that she has a cigarette. Yeah, we never see any of the ghosts. Well, there's even a wedding picture of Martin Martin and Bonnie. And Bonnie is wearing the thickest veil. Yep. On the planet, yep. but there's a little cigarette in her hand, and it's fantastic. <laughs> the cigarette is the defining thing that you know that it's Bonnie, as if you needed that to know. Once he takes on the Bonnie persona, it's, a magic cigarette appears. It's in this, oh god, the magic cigarette. Um, so, so yes, he goes to the, the graveyard, he explains this. Uh, she's like, okay, well. Let's go back to the house. And at this point, uh, when they went out to go do this, they had her sister, Rose's sister, Sailor, watching the um, Sarah, the with floating. Her, with her boring date from the town council or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, he's really boring, but, you know, maybe that's okay. Um, but Martin is like, don't go upstairs. Don't go upstairs. And so they're babysitting. They rush back to the house. Martin is going to excise Bonnie and get the last bit of ectoplasm. And that's going to be it. Bada bing, bada boom, we're going to all be finished. They rush into the house. Martin knocks the stuff off the table, puts the jars down. He's ready to do this. At this point, Rose is like, you got to go, sailor. She's like, oh, nice to meet you, to the the boyfriend who's there. And he's like, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm Brian so-and-so. Um, just completely like dead fish. It's really funny the way he uh, he does that. Yeah, he plays bland really well. Yeah, that's a talent. That's a talent. It's not easy <laughs> being that bland. So um, she's like, oh, no way. Are you using your talents again? I'm totally staying. And so they're all going to get together. They're going to seance at the table. They're going to get Bonnie to leave. And as Bonnie enters Martin's body, he's like, and he leans down. And then as Shauna said, when he pops up, he has got this look on his face and instant magic cigarette in his fingers, like, just like, what do you want? Yeah. And it's just like frown one raised eyebrow just constantly unimpressed with everything scullery made level like you know accent it's just like oh well yeah yeah yeah, fucking baby and it's like oh my god (laughs) bonnie is the way he does bonnie makes me laugh so hard i just i can't stop laughing every time i see it get the fuck out of my house bonnie sailor can i go home i see what's going on here you fancy my martin no. You just want rid of me so you can get your dirty paws on him. No, that's not it at all. Martin, it's mine. Sarah, it's mine. And this house is mine. But at this point, Bonnie's not going to leave. She's pissed that Rose is moving in on her man. But as Bonnie appears and they're kind of bickering, she's trying to talk her out. And then her Rose's powers start slipping away. And she's like, someone's interfering with this. And Christian's burning the scrunchie. Yeah, yeah he's, he's doing his little incantations over there. And and the way Will Forte does his like um, his things, and this was in the trailer also that everyone knows is like he's all like, ha 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 ha, and then the white the girlfriend's all like, come get dinner, and he's like, I'm doing an incantation, dear. Be in a minute. She's like, now, and he's like, oh, fine. 
And um, so, yeah, that's what's causing um, Rose's powers to slip away. At this point, Bonnie's inside Martin, and they really don't have the power to get her out. And so she's just being a complete dick to Rose. And Rose is like, you listen to me. This is going to like help your daughter. And it's this moment of where Bonnie kind of has to choose what's more important, like helping her daughter or like just continuing to be an asshole to Rose. And she chooses both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's just a strong-willed well, woman they right They send there. the councilman up to check. To, to smear the, to seven, smear ectoplasms the seven ectoplasms. And, onto, onto poor Sarah's face. Which, and she's not oh. there. Yeah. So, yeah, at this point that the the boyfriend goes upstairs and sees that um, Sarah's gone. Sarah's gone. And then we realize that Sarah's floating away because the uh, the spell that Rose put on her is not holding her still anymore. So she's starting to float towards the castle. Well, Christian goes to, like, pick up Sarah. And they've got her, like, like a balloon. They don't have her yet. They're following her. Yeah, oh, they're just in the following car. her slowly in the car. As she and so they get, the castle. they get everybody into Rose's car. And Rose is following them. And you find out that they're only going, like, two miles an hour. Yeah. They are if that. It's not like walking even walking speed. speed. Yeah. yeah, the visual gag is that the body's floating so so slowly, and then uh, Christian's car is just slowly trailing behind it, and then Rose and them pull up behind it. And yeah, and at some point, um, what is it, Martin? Yeah, so Martin Martin keeps it keeps switching between Bonnie and Martin, and he gets out of the car because he doesn't want he wants to tell Christian off. And so he has Christian roll down the window a little and he's slapping him and trying to pull his eyebrow off. <laughs> yeah. They're fighting through the window and there's like little crack. Flat. Yeah. It's so hilarious. And, Mar- and so Martin Martin's hands in, but uh, Christian starts rolling up the window. Well, the girlfriend goes like, I've had enough of this bullshit, rolls up the window, cuts off Martin's fingers. And then she grabs the, just the one, one finger, finger, his just good finger. finger. Is, good, is that what Bonnie we get, says? No, we get it later. Oh, okay. Um, come, that comes yeah. back. Yeah, okay. I was all like, good finger. Oh, that's right. Um, and then she backs into the, because Rose and the gang are all in Rose's little car. And so Claudia just backs into Rose's car, smashes, smashes the front, grabs Sarah's ankle, and then just takes off. And like, it's like, like a, balloon. a balloon out the window. Yeah. It's great. But th- b- before this, she was calling in a Chinese food order. In the bitchiest way possible. And if it's late, then it's free. Yeah. And she's there talking about, she's like, she's like, boiled rice is fine. We hear her very clearly say. Yeah, that comes back. At the same time, all this is going down with the uh, the car. As the car starts driving off really fast with uh, Sarah being held out the window, the magpie gets hit. In the, the window shield. Well, the magpie flies into the window, doesn't it? Yeah, it flies into the window yeah, to try to stop. To try to yeah. stop, and it gets hit. And then um, Rose picks it up. It's like, there's something about this bird. And then she picks up the magpie. They all get in the car. They're going to follow Christian and the girlfriend, Claudia, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to call her the girlfriend, Claudia, to the castle. And they're like, okay, how do we get in here? And one of them's like, okay, so what we're going to do. We're going to pretend to be food delivery people. And we're going to go. And at that point, the Chinese food pulls up. And On his goes, little scooter. Goes and right in. They're like, well, that's perfect. <laughs> that works. And so at this point, we see the delivery guy with Claudia at the door. And she's like, I ordered special fried rice. And he's like, the ticket says boiled. And she's like, special fried. And he's like, okay, let me go if get you it. you don't she's speak like, English, why are you taking phone oh, orders? Yeah, if you're, are you deaf? Because if you're deaf, you really shouldn't be taking phone orders. And I was like. 
Someone needs to slap the shit out of me. And so head. he goes back to retrieve the rice, and she's just like, 15 minutes or it's free. And she goes back in and she's like, I got Chinese food and I got it for free. <laughs> so at this point, though, yeah, when she says that, um, everything's where it's to be. Uh, Sarah is floating in the, 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 the above pentagram. the pentagram. Um, Christian is doing the full on final incantation to summon Astaroth. Um, he, this is it. The pact is ready to go. It's happening. And she keeps talking. The girlfriend keeps talking and interrupting him. And he's just like, <sighs> go back to the incantation. And she's like, blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, okay. So he walks over and he's like, he says something. I can't remember exactly he what he says. He asks her which one is his. And she says the Kung Pao. And he goes, thank you. And then he slits her throat. And it's like, he, it's on camera. Like they just show it. It's like, oh my God. Like he slits her throat. And he's like, all right, no more distractions. He walks back over there to finish what he's doing, and that's when everybody runs in. Um, as they're running up the stairs to go to this room, we find out that Sailor's starting to give birth. Like she's yeah, she's into going labor. into labor. And so we get Rose, Martin, Sarah, and Brian, the council town councilman, whatever. Well, Brian's oh. like, we should tell your sister. And she's like, under no circumstances do you mention this to my sister right now. And yeah, then they go into the room where everybody's in the same room as uh, Will Forte. So, yeah, so they go in, they barge in, they're like, stop, what are you doing? It's too late, though. Like, has he cut Sarah? Yeah, he he pricks her finger to get the pure blood because he has the impure blood. And he goes, now the pure blood. And then they, it, as they walk in, he goes, it's too late. And you see the drop of blood fall on the floor. Right in the middle of the pentagram. Right, and the pentagram starts lighting up, and then it crumbles the floor down. floor starts crumbling underneath the circle that the pentagram's in. This effect was so well done. For, like, this movie, I was like, this has, this has to be, like, a really cheaply made movie. Yeah, I, I'm curious what the budget is, because they really made the most of the money they had on this. Because, yeah, I can't imagine this was... In any way, a high budget movie. Maybe I'm wrong. But I'll try to find out in just a oh, minute. Oh, Sarah but. gets sucked down into the hole. Yeah, she just goes whoop, like go, yeah. like a like a turd being flushed. Sucked down to hell, and then so Will Forte runs over to his like little Hammond Oregon, Oregon, no, <laughs> Oregon. There we go. There's only two syllables in that word. And he needs um, to check to see and if so it's he, worked. He tries to bang out a few bars of a song and sing some lyrics, and it's trash. It's and he nonsense. Goes, nope, hasn't worked. Yeah. And he doesn't know why. And at this point, Bonnie and uh, Martin, Martin runs over and he's like, oh my God, you, you know, they start fighting. And then Bonnie gets in and is all like, you fucking son of a bitch. And puts her boot on his neck and then burns his face with the yeah, cigarette, cigarette that she always has. Yeah, she extinguishes her cigarette right in the middle of his forehead. Yes. And as that's happening, boom, Sarah gets spit out the hole. Covered in goo. And everyone's like, oh my God, you're back. What happened? And then this effect, when I first saw it, I was a little bothered by it because I was like, oh, this might be cheesy as hell. It reminded me of the girl Ghostbusters, which I got to say, Ghostbusters answer the call. I love that movie. I'm, I will defend it. I think it's awesome. But the one thing that I think is the biggest travesty in that movie is the end when they have like the animated Ghostbusters logo as the final monster, the like little ghost with the symbol around mm -hmm. it. It looks so dumb. But in this one, they have all these sheets that are covering chairs and pictures hanging on the wall and stuff like that float down into the hole. And then out of the hole comes this like ghost, your, your typical sheet covered ghost. Like demony ghost. He's yeah, it's yeah. got some yeah. shape to it. It's got some weird like, but it looks like your standard like sheet covered ghost. But then the eyes are like sunken in and cracked and bleeding. 
I thought it was going to look stupid as hell when I first saw it pop out. But then when you like see the face, like kind of the mouth moving and the eyes like sunken in and bleeding, I was like, holy shit, this is creepy as hell. I think it works fairly well because you know that like with all of this build up to this, you know, singular, like super powerful demon, pretty much any effect they choose is going to be a little disappointing. Um, just kind of as a general rule in most horror movies, like once you get to like the arch demon, the effect is usually a little underwhelming. So I think that they made a smart choice by just covering it in sheets. We don't actually really know what Azeroth looks like. He's covered in sheets. It's fine. Well, and he gestures with his hands and I thought that they did the hands wonderfully. Yes, yes. the hands look great. The the demon, the ghost demon hands look Again, when you see it in motion, it sounds like, again, when it first popped out, I was like, oh, no, we're going with a really corny. And the thing is, it kind of fits the feel of the movie when it first comes out. But then, like, they do, like, add a, like, a few effects and details to it that really make it like, oh, my God, this is really creepy. Um, and he's like, I am Azeroth. Did you think you could fool me? And they're like, what do you mean? He's like, I demand the blood of a virgin. And they're just like, we gave you a virgin. And then, like, they look back over and he's like, right? And then she goes... Uh, and then and Martin Martin goes, oh, my sweet flower. And then the sister goes, you mean you're deflowered? And I was like, zing! <laughs> well, and then he named some like neighborhood I boy. Like, he goes, I thought Charlie's he was sniffing the- around. He goes, she goes, what makes you think it was a boy? Yeah, I was like, like oh, we're getting some some weeds here. All right, I'm into it. But like, it was funny because like at that point, Rose was like, we can deal with this later because Bonnie is like also chiming in, and you're just like, oh my god, okay. And so he's like, I demand, uh, Azeroth is like, I demand the blood of a virgin. And they're like, well, we don't have one. And he like, he goes, yes. And he points I'll to Rose. I'll take that one. I'll take yeah. that one. And he points to Rose. And Rose goes, no, not me. Like, you know, like you're still like embarrassed to admit it that Well, old. and then Paige goes, well, what about, you know. Declan McManus. Yeah, and, then, and she goes, yeah, what about Declan McManus? And then Azeroth goes, it was just the tip. It doesn't count. And I was like, oh, snap. Was- and she, Rose looks at her hands and she makes a kind of, she goes, oh, yeah. yeah. And so she just- I missed that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, man, that makes me feel so bad now. And so Rose just starts sliding across the floor yeah. toward this hole, just like slowly sliding. Yeah, she's being sucked into the hole, kind of similar to what Sarah was being, you know, pulled into it. And then they're like, what do we do? And at this point, Sailor's going into labor. She's like, like, I'm having this baby. And it's kind of like happening as everything's going on. And then Rose is like, well, I can think of one way to stop this. And poor Martin, typical Garrett fashion, too clueless to see the goddamn writing right in front of his face. She's like, you could have sex with me and I won't be a virgin. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. And so, yeah, at this point, she's like falling on the floor. And he like, he He climbs up on top of her. And he goes, usually there's a little more foreplay. And I'm missing my good finger. He goes, but, you know, Satan, and I'm missing my good finger. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, oh, I want to know more about that finger. (laughs) Tell me your secrets, Martin. You seem to have this on lock, evidently. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so they, it's so funny because they pan back to all the other characters. They're like, what is going? And it's like, oh, and he's like, I'm only doing this to save her life. And everyone's, and then the daughter's just kind of like, oh, it's just so great because everyone's like, they're going to fuck right there. Okay. And so I guess he gets it in fast enough. Then Bonnie shows up. Yes. And she's okay with it. She's like, take care of them. Yeah. And she's like, 
He likes it when you cup his balls. Yes. <laughs> Take care of his she balls. She starts like, and it's like, and the thing is, when we say Bonnie shows up, Bonnie's like in Martin's body. So he's doing that. Like, the cigarette appears. The, the cigarette keeps popping back, which every time I was like, thank you. Like, it's so funny. She lost it multiple times, but every time she re-inhabits, she's got a new cigarette. And then she's like talking dirty. And then Rose is like, this is not really doing much for me. And then so anyway, that happens. Everyone, they do this awesome thing in movies that I love and they do it right, is they cut to every single person screaming. Sailor's going into labor, so she's got a labor scream. Brian's got a scream of panic. The sister, the daughter's got a scream of like, oh my God, Azeroth screams. She has the scream of horror at watching your dad have sex. Yes. <laughs> well, and then the scream of she's no longer a virgin. So she orgasm screams. Winters is being like taken care of by Azeroth because he's not he's reneged on his deal yeah he's like I should have just killed you too so he runs at both of them to stab them and at that point um, the daughter runs up with the the dick the stick, stick the willy stick the willy yep. stick and then smashes him in the chest with it and he falls in the hole and that basically like ends Azeroth and he takes a, uh, Christian down with him and then the hole seals back up Everything seems to be okay, except for the fact. Well, so when the hole closes up, Martin Martin rolls off of Rose and all the sheets that had been Satan fall on top of them like a sheet from a bed. The post-coital. The post-coital. Like, yeah. And Bonnie hands it's, Rose her cigarette. cigarette. <laughs> yes. And so they had this moment. They're like, oh, my God, you gave birth. And she's like. Yep, but I get to tell everybody my first time was a threesome. And Bonnie, like, in, in one of her last lines, she's like, take care of them for me. Martin and Sarah, not, not the Martin's balls. balls. <laughs> and she's like, and Rose never goes, for a second, never I think for a second. His balls. <laughs> she's like, but take care of his balls, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's so well done. God, the writing's so good. This- that is just what I needed. Look after them for me, will you? Nice balls, Martin and Sarah. Yeah. I didn't for a second think that you meant his balls, and I'll definitely mind Sarah and Martin. Look after his balls, too. Uh, yeah. All right. Bye, Bonnie. Whoa! Now I can tell everybody that my first time was a threesome. <laughs> <sighs> they walk over to... Oh, and during the, the, the scene, the magpie basically attacks uh, Christian at mm-hmm. some point, and he stabs the magpie with a, a ceremonial dagger, the one he tries to basically go after uh, Martin and Rose with. So they're all kind of like, okay, the moment of relief. Ah, Sai, you know, you had your baby. Everyone's like gotten laid. You know, it's all good. The daughter's safe. And then they see the the dying magpie. And then Rose kind of knows something's up. She's like, there's something inside this magpie. There's something inhabiting it. And then the the soul inside the magpie, which we find out is her father. Souls. The magpie soul also comes out. The magpie soul also comes out. Goes inside Martin is one last thing because that's his talent. Mm -hmm. So the soul of the magpie and the dad go inside Martin and then they kind of have this like, like kind of like resolution moment where he's like, I'm so proud you're using your talents. It wasn't really your fault. You know, I love you. And then they introduce him to his grandson who was just born. Who they, who is named Vincent, named after their dad, whose name is Vincent. Oh, I didn't. that. I didn't catch that. Nice little touch. Oh, so sweet. So sweet. So it's just like kind of this good, great feel good moment where everything's going to be okay. Yeah, we get our emotional closure. Yep. And then it says, and then the uh, the BBC documentary fashion says three months later, and then we cut to Rose driving up to uh, Martin's house, 
and her driving instructor sign has been replaced by uh, what Rose's and Martin's extraordinary talents. Yes, and he yeah. goes, that's actually one word. We can fix that later. Extraordinary is yeah. one word. I do love their logo. Their logo is just a little teeny ghost in a jar. It's yeah. very cute. Yeah, reminiscent of the ectoplasm stuff. And then she gets out. And she's like, They're very happy. You know, They have this relationship thing going on. And then he's like, well, there's something I was going to ask you that it just, you know, now seems like the perfect time. And he he's carved a wooden ring for her. And he proposes. Oh. And he's like, will you marry me? And she goes, oh. And she kind of chuckles. She goes, no. And then the movie just ends. See, I read that no differently. That Because you're like, no. And she's like, no. Which... I thought was definitely a yes because she was like, it was one of those awkward, like, no, yes. You know, like, cause she's yeah. just an awkward goofball. Oh, you think so? You think yeah, it was more of a, a no, like, God. oh my God, I'm completely like blindsided yes, by this. A thousand percent. Okay. I thought it was no, was like, okay, I he goes, he goes, you. I whittled this for you today. And you can tell like, and she knows what's coming. So I think that if she, if it were a no, she would have telegraphed But she also more. seemed weird enough to basically be like, you know, kind of like, Oh no, he thought this was more than it was. Oh, poor oh, guy. No. Oh that, no. No, I didn't read it that way. Okay, at all. so it was more just like her being awkward, not yeah. knowing yeah. the right thing to say at the right time. Okay, that definitely fits with her character more, but I just thought it was funny that like he like does this and she's like, no, and then it's like, cut, credits, we're done. And um it's, man. I am very convinced that they got married. You think so? And they're yes. yeah. And she's taking They're care both of very them. happy. Sarah's in college, everything's great. Is Sarah in college though? I think she's in college now. Okay. I think she's worked out her teen angst okay well i mean she did watch her dad fuck nah. in front of a I demon i would want to go so, off to college after that i mean and you know hey it's time to explore you never know <laughs> so oh boy <laughs> <laughs> it's college man come on uh, no this this movie is i can't recommend it enough i mean again it's not your standard horror movie it's got some some fun horror elements to it i'm just gonna say it as a jab at john because he's not here to defend himself and i'll get hit for it this is more of a horror movie than young frankenstein there i said it yeah this movie has actual gore and <laughs> demons and yeah but i do love young frankenstein so it's we totally give it a pass but yeah this is definitely a, a comedy like what we do in the shadows it's it's a comedy with a few horror elements just like young frankenstein is but um yeah this movie is great so i'm assuming we all recommend it absolutely wholeheartedly it's it's charming it's cute it's real it's feel good but it's not stupid it's not it's not stupid at all that's probably the best praise we could give it it's not stupid <laughs> it's not stupid and it's got subtle visual humor <laughs> All right, well, thank you guys so much for stopping by again. As usual, it's always a blast to have you do an episode with us. Shauna, Alex, is there anything you want to talk about before we leave? Anything that you have to say? Plug? Wear a mask. Don't yes. leave your house. Wear a mask. Stay smart. Um, if you have any weird dreams after eating pizza, you'll know it was me. Oh, there you go. Beware of the cheese. We will, we will put a special link to send all your weird dream uh, notes and messages, so we will forward them to Alex. So you're going to get so much weird fucking mail. I can't wait. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next time. In my summer house in Berlin, just as winter ends, my darling, a spaceship landed on the lawn. We danced until the dawn with the swans and 
My beauty, my sweet thing, my cosmic woman, and I say. 